1: Welcome into A to Z Sports powered as always by the Ben MGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Jack Gentry rocking his Santa beard today because of the magic bucket. And we are Nashville's on-demand sports.net. going live weekday mornings at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Links to the show segment by segment on our Twitter X account at A to Z sports. Also hit us up. On Instagram, TikTok, and threads for more great Titans content. We got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us and they help out all of you. Like Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your new car buying process by seeing them in Lebanon or online at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. The Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans, get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans at FBHP dot com slash a uh and krebs kibota an elite kubota dealer with three great locations across the middle tennessee area columbia franklin and murfreesboro online krebs so uh jack you are wearing your santa beard we learned that the amazon santa costume that we purchased only came with a beard it was just i don't know what went wrong there but the hat did not come with it Luckily. Mm. You have the Titans, you know, kind of Titans Santa hat, you know, winter hat there. So Titan Santa is here on the show today. So how how are you feeling? I I honestly feel like you look more like Dumbledore uh than you do Santa <laughs> because of the hat choice, but that's just that's just me.
2: Uh, look, I feel great. Um, you know, the only issue I'm worried about is whether or not I'm coming through good on the mic through this massive beard. Um for my stronger points today I might have to pull it down a little bit just so you can hear you know how fired up I am about this new move the Titans made but all in all feeling pretty good for being covered in uh fake white hair
1: <laughs> all right so uh we'll we'll get the magic bucket uh later on the show today to wrap up today's show but Jack uh, a new hire was made the first hire for Brian Callahan's staff as Titans head coach would be defensive coordinator Denard Wilson so who is Denard Wilson Uh, I will give you his resume right here Denard Wilson is a a young a fairly young coach he's will be 42 years old in March which hey happy uh, February 1st March is next month Uh, all of a sudden we're in the second month of 2024 but Denard Wilson will turn 42 next month Uh, he has been in the NFL for quite some time even before he was with the Rams in 2012 he was uh, in the front office with the NFL, and NFL team, but with the Rams in both St. Louis and LA as a quality control coach and DB coach. Then with the Jets as a DB coach and pass game coordinator. Then he went to the Eagles as the DB coach and became a pass game coordinator in 2021. And then uh, he was the DB coach with the Ravens this past season. So that is Denard Wilson's resume, and I, I thought. This was interesting. He is a first-time defensive coordinator. That is a risk. We will talk about that later on. Uh, But, Jack, before we get to our opinions on this, I wanted to go ahead and play Brian Callahan's comment when he was asked about his defensive philosophy at his press conference and really how Denard Wilson fits into this.
3: There's a lot of things you can talk defensively. Uh, We're working through you know, what that's gonna look like for us by the types of people we're gonna bring in. But at the end of the day, you gotta have a very flexible and adaptable defense. You still have to be physical. You still have to run and hit. You have to tackle well. Um, you have to force errors. There's a lot of things you can do that are that in the coverage structure game, in the pressure package game where it makes it really hard on an offense. And so I know it gives me problems. I know the hard defenses to game plan against. Um, and those are the things that I'm looking for in, in the style of defense we're gonna play. Um, without getting too far down a bunch of characteristics don't mean much until we put the pads on, but um, that's, what I, that's what I look for, is what makes it hard for me as an offensive coach, that's the style of defense that I'm looking for. Are you a three-four? Oh, there are multiple nowadays. Um, yeah, five-man fronts are part of football, uh, whether you're a three-four, whether you're an under front, um, there's going to be those types of players. Uh, everything about the way the structure of, of the defense is built here is going to be pretty similar uh, for, as a starting point, but um, I, I hesitate to put labels on, on what and how we're going to do it at this point.
1: So there's Callahan there and Jack, that second question, are, are you a three, four, right? Because uh, that's what the personnel on defense has been under Mike Vrabel for the past six years and previously under Mike Mularkey as well. Are they, are you a three, four defense? Uh, so Denard Wilson comes in and I'll flash the resume up here um, again. But if you look at the the teams that Wilson has been with since going back to the Jets, so since twenty. Uh 17 2018. That was under Todd Bowles as a defensive coordinator. Todd Bowles, 4-3 defense. The Philadelphia Eagles, 4-3 defense. The Baltimore Ravens, 4-3 defense. So Harold Landry is not a 3-4. He's not a 4-3 outside linebacker, neither is Arden Key. So there is that. So you know, that's something to monitor here as well. But Jack, I want to kind of toss to you on this. Brian Callahan said, I want somebody that's I know is tough to game plan against. And I will add Shane Bowen did not really give up a lot of stuff to the Cincinnati Bengals offense as he was a defensive coordinator. So Shane Bowen checked the box of difficult to game plan against. And we saw the report from Paul Kaharski earlier in the week saying the Titans were holding on to Shane Bowen until they figured out their D coordinator plan. Would you, how would you have felt if they kept Shane Bowen as DC?
2: Yeah. You know, we talked about this yesterday on the Titan up podcast. For those of you who haven't listened this morning, I encourage you to do so. Uh, We did get news dumped by the Shane, or excuse me, by the Denard Wilson news, but you know, I like Shane Bowen because he has a proven track record with this group of personnel. And, you know, it's never really been the defense's fault. all, All of the Titans shortcomings have, have been on the offensive side of the football. So You know, Shane Bowen made a lot of sense to me because he's called plays before in this league. He's had success doing that. But I understand wanting to turn the page and going to get someone that Callahan has worked against. And we've heard Callahan say, hey, you know what? I want to find a defensive coordinator who makes it tough on offenses. And no one made it tougher on the Bengals' offense than the Baltimore Ravens did this season. I mean, Joe Burrow combined for just over 320 yards in two games against the Baltimore Ravens secondary this season. So he made it really hard on Brian Callahan's offenses. And I think that that played a big part in this decision.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's the most important box that I think, uh, Denard Wilson checks for Brian Callahan. You just brought it up there. Uh, the total yards just over 300, I believe it was 176 passing yards in each game in two games. So that's not a lot of your passing yards for Joe Burrow, who played in both of those games against the Ravens defense. And when you go back and look at what Denard Wilson was a part of with the Eagles defense a couple of years before, the Eagles were one of the best defenses in the NFL in 2021 and 2022. And then Jonathan Gannon gets the head coaching job in Arizona. Uh, Denard Wilson parts with the Eagles organization, and the Eagles organization has not been exactly, uh, uh, you know, fluid with how they go or smooth with how they go about their hirings. They've had coordinator changes on both sides of the ball for two years in a row. Now, uh, one time they had both coordinators hired as offensive or as head coaches. And this, this offseason that we're currently in both coordinators gone because they weren't good fits. And so Denard Wilson goes to the Ravens where he's with uh, Mike McDonald, who is now the Seahawks head coach. And the Ravens' defense drastically improves. And the Eagles' defense is now 31st in the uh, NFL in passing defense. So there's a lot of things that, you know, Denard Wilson has been with good defenses throughout his career. Now, he's only been a DBs coach or a pass game coordinator at his highest. Now he's a defensive coordinator. So Jared says, wait. What this dude runs is a 3-4. Well, I don't necessarily know that. We don't know what Denard Wilson will want to run for his own defense, but he has been a part of four three defenses with the several stops that he's been at. And then here's this from Denard Wilson, uh Jack, who said this back in the summer of 2022 with the Philadelphia Eagles about being prepared or preparing himself. To be a first-time defensive coordinator in his future as a coach.
3: Think about if you became a defensive coordinator, how you'd do things.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, um, look, I've been doing this for a long time, and I've been around some great defensive coordinators. In my opinion, you know, I've been groomed by Greg Williams. I've been groomed by Todd Bowles, um, who are very good in this league, and they're very thorough. Um, so you know, I've been to, I've been tutored by them. I know how to to run a ship. I know, you know the responsibility. So with if the opportunity presents itself I'll be more than I'll be I'll be ready for it but I'm here where my feet are all right and I'm just trying to be the best defensive back coach that I could be
1: so that was when he was the DB coach with the Eagles after being a pass game coordinator previously with the Jets so Jack there is a risk to this right he he checks the box of I know what defenses I struggle front with from Brian Callahan but he's a first-time defensive coordinator working for a first-time head coach who is an offensive-minded head coach. So let's ask this question, everybody, Jack. How big of a risk is it for Brian Callahan to hire a first-time defensive coordinator for the Titans on a 1-10 through 10 scale? How big of a risk is this on a 1-10 through 10 scale? How big of a risk is it to hire a first-time defensive coordinator? We'll get to all of your comments here in the chat on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Uh, But first, I want to tell everybody about our great friends at Krebs Kubota. They are Middle Tennessee's elite Kubota dealer, which means they have the best equipment in the industry whenever you're looking for that equipment for your home, for your property, uh, big or small. They also have the best customer service in the industry because Krebs is a family-owned and operated company. They've grown from just having their store in Columbia 18 years ago to 18 years later. They've added Franklin and Murfreesboro to go along with Columbia. How do you grow that fast and that big as a family-owned and operated company? You do good work. You're good people and you treat your people and your customers well as well. So Krebskibota.com is where to check out their website for all of their inventory, for what they have. They're also the elite Kubota dealer, which means the best equipment in the industry, the best warranties in the industry when it comes to any brand of equipment as well. So check them out online at Krebskibota.com or across There are three locations in Middle Tennessee, Columbia, Franklin, or Murfreesboro, Krebskibota.com.
2: Everybody is going to want some skin in the game when the big game finally comes around here in a couple weeks. If you don't have a sports book or you're looking to make a change, something easier to navigate with better boosted odds, specials, and better promotions, BetMGM is the place for you. They're offering a great deal right now. As long as you use our promo code A to Z sports, you'll receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. It's a great offer going on on betmgm.com. Take advantage of this. Start out in the green and start taking some money from the bookie. Download betmgm.com and plug in our bonus code on the screen, A-T-O-Z Sports.
1: All right, Jack, going to ask the question here. How big of a risk is it for Brian Callahan to hire a first-time defensive coordinator as a first-time coach, head coach, uh, for the Tennessee Titans? Jack, I will send you to the chat on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. We're over 58 likes on Facebook. YouTube, I'm sure, is a little bit higher. It typically are, but we need more likes on the show here this morning. But, Jack, risk level, 1 through 10, of this hire for Brian Callahan. What's the chat saying?
2: Bustin' Diamond says 6. Stephen King, 2.237, going to the 1,000th decimal point there. Dylan's at a 6.4 pro score, Eric says six uh devin says 0. 0.69 he's not very confident rashid isn't either he's at a three on youtube
1: well Clayton's hold on time out time out yeah i think you got it backwards the lower the number the more confident right the bigger the number the higher the risk
2: less risk okay you're right uh, clayton smith said a four guy man agrees with him on facebook jonathan says five Man says 1.9 i'm assuming uh ir hoshi says 10 brock says six Derek says two. Cameron's at a six. Stanley's at a five. Brandon's at a four. Ahmad's at a six. Jay Gore's at a three. So is Mark. Yuri's at a four. Deborah's at a six and a half. Um, Jacob says five, but I would say Bowen was a seven. So I guess he feels a little bit better that it's not so Bowen.
1: Shane Bowen was more of a risk, according to Jacob, than Denard Wilson, who's never done it before.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that because you at least have Bowen's track record available to go off of, right? We've never seen Denard Wilson call a play on defense. Let's
1: let's take a second on this one because I, I don't. I think Shane Bowen gets a a lot catches a lot of heat where it's not really deserved, in my opinion. Like the Titans' defense was it elite? Was it very good? No. Was it good? Yeah. At times, it was pretty damn good. Like the fact that the Tennessee Titans. Were the best red zone defense in the NFL the entire season. And that held true late in the year when they were eliminated from the playoffs and their offense was giving them doo doo. Like, I think that's that's the thing here. And, and Chris, uh, Chris Vonte says Bowen defense sucks. Guys, no, it doesn't. Shane Bowen's defense did not suck. He had awful personnel after a bunch of injuries. Shane Bowen's defense was the number one. Red zone defense in the NFL late in the year when the safeties were Kayvon Wallace and Amani, and <laughs> no, not even Amani Hooker, Elijah, Elijah Molden. Molden. Then you had Christian Fulton was out and you were playing, you know, Trey Avery and Eric Garer in the slot because Roger McCreary had to go play outside. Like, give me a freaking break. Jeffrey Simmons was out. And you got dudes that you've never heard of before, like Zach McClendon coming in and getting red zone sacks and stripping the football from Tua Tungvaloa on Monday night in Miami. So for everybody who is bitching about Shane Bowen or think he's a terrible coach, get a life and figure it out. Like the offense was dreadful. The offense had a high three and out rate. The offense could not score points. That puts the defense in losing situations so there you go that's and the defense
2: point. the defense did all of that great rant by the way the defense did all of that while being on the field the majority of the game every game which makes it even more impressive and that's not something that he'll get a lot of credit for but that yeah, is skip you know, skip says
1: couldn't get off the field on third down well yeah when it's 17 to 13 or 16 to 13 and you're leading the seahawks in the fourth quarter and all of a sudden, the defense gives up a bunch of yards and gives up a touchdown because Trey Avery gets mossed by D.K. Metcalf. And you're like, man, that damn it, that Shane Bowen, Trey Avery couldn't stop D.K. Metcalf in the red zone? Like, come on. Like, that's not a Shane Bowen issue. That's the fact that the Titans defense was on the field for 75 snaps and held the Seahawks to 13 points in the last two minutes of the damn game.
2: My answer to this question is low considering he's never called plays on defense before. I'm at a three. Um, The reason I'm at a three is I'm not super worried about his lack of experience calling plays on defense because he's, he's the only candidate in New York for the Giants to be brought back for a second interview so far. He was interviewed by the Rams, who always have a great coaching staff. He was interviewed by the Packers, who also usually have a pretty damn good coaching staff. So these three teams thought highly enough of him to bring him in. You know what Vrabel's biggest flaw was? It was hiring his buddies, right? Well, Denard Wilson and Brian Callahan have never worked together. So I think that this hire has Rand Carthon's fingerprints all over it. And the Titans' biggest weakness last year on defense was their secondary and their their takeaway rate. They never took the ball away from their opponents. I think they won the turnover battle maybe two or three times all season. And Baltimore led the NFL in turnover differential last year. Baltimore had 18 interceptions alone, tied for third in the NFL. The Titans on defense only forced 11 take or 11 turnovers, 11 total. The Ravens had 18 and in interceptions alone. The yeah. Titans just had six last year. This is a guy who, yeah, sure, he had great personnel to work with in Baltimore. But this is a guy who turned Baltimore's defense from 23rd in the NFL against the pass to six. And he knows how to put guys in the right position to create plays on the back end. We haven't seen the Titans secondary do any of that lately. So knowing your weaknesses is just important as catering to your strengths. Brian Callahan's gonna cater to Will Levis' strengths on offense. Rand Carthon saw the defense perform dreadfully in the secondary all last season. He knows they have to fix that to move forward. What does he do? He goes out and gets one of the best secondary coaches in the NFL to help groom a defensive backfield that's going to have to play together for the first time next year. There's going to be new pieces coming in. There's going to be, hopefully, a a big free agent signing at the cornerback position, but also maximizing your talent that you already have in-house at safety with Roger McCreary, if you bring back Sean Murphy Bunting, putting those guys in a position to create turnovers is pivotal if the Titans want to turn it around and set Will Levis and his offense up for success.
1: Uh, That's a good point. So your risk level is a three. You don't think it's that big of a risk for a first-time head coach to hire a first-time defensive coordinator?
2: I think there is some risk inherently involved there, but I don't think that this particular hire is that risky, if that makes sense.
1: Okay. So you like Denard Wilson. Okay. You mm-hmm. like Denard Wilson a lot. Um, so I, I, I like Denard Wilson too. I just feel like there was, if you want to hire a first time coordinator as an offensive minded head coach, you do it on the offensive side of the ball. In my opinion, the risk is about a six and a half. I'm not going to say seven, but a six and a half Of not getting an established guy who's done it before to run the offense. That is important because, you know, you don't, Denard Wilson doesn't have the experience. And I'm going to play the clip again uh, of Denard Wilson talking about how he's been groomed to
0: be a DC, but he still has not done it yet.
3: Think about if you became a defensive coordinator, how you would do things.
0: Yeah. I I mean, um, look, I've been doing this for a long time. And I've been around some great defensive coordinators, in my opinion. You know, I've been groomed by Greg Williams. I've been groomed by Todd Bowles, um, who are very good in this league, and they're very thorough. Um, so, you know, I've been too, I've been tutored by them. I know how to, to run a ship. I know you know the responsibility. So, with, if the opportunity presents itself, I'll be more than I'll be I'll be ready for it. But I'm here where my feet are, all right. And I'm just trying to be the best defensive back coach that I could be.
1: All right, so that's Denard Wilson right there. I look, I love the answer. I I like Denard Wilson. Like the the energy that he gives off in that thirty-two second clip. I'm like, yeah, I I I could see myself liking that dude and like and believing in that guy. So it's Not about Denard Wilson. It's about the fact that that Brian Callahan's never done this before as a head coach. He's never called Brian Callahan's never called offensive plays. We talked about that on Tuesday with Zach and I. Now he's overseeing for the first time a whole team and he's calling plays for the first time. And he brings in a guy who's never called plays on defense. There's just a lot of firsts happening. Mm-hmm. And that just means there's a lot of opportunity for growing pains. Exactly. And maybe this is a big picture thing, but you know, I, I do feel like it, there is a risk to that. Um, so, you know, I, I like Denard Wilson. It is a big risk. And Rashid says, Austin, have you seen how many interviews Denard Wilson's has lined up? And Jack, I think you kind of listed off the Giants, right? Interviews Giants,
2: he was brought back for a second interview or at least requested for a second interview in New York. He interviewed with the Rams and he interviewed with the Packers all for the defensive coordinator job. So he's well-respected around the league.
1: Sure, but those three franchises – all have established coaches. They're all offensive minded coaches, right? Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay, Brian Dayball, but they've all been there for at least two years or a lot longer than that. LaFleur and McVay are perennially in the playoffs, like the Titans are not the same situation. Like I don't have a problem at all of, you know, Matt LaFleur with the Packers wanting to bring in somebody like Denard Wilson, because you know, they got the offense thing figured out, right? And Matt lafour has been doing this for four or five years as a head coach now. He's kind of got it in the groove. I think the risk is bigger with Brian Callahan. So hashtag ask me, so Austin, you don't like the hire. No, I, I, I'm interested in the hire. I think I like Denard Wilson. I'm slightly underwhelmed with the hire of a first-time defensive coordinator if that does that make sense jack
2: sure yeah i mean you want somebody that's established that you're sure of and and, but i mean at the end of the day no defensive coordinator that's available that isn't making lateral moves in the nfl is a sure thing right so i think the titans did as well as they could have here with this hire and you know if you're gonna turn the page and bring in a first time play caller on the defensive side of the football do it in a year where you're going to experience some change in the roster on defense, right? If you if you had a group of 11 dudes who are coming back that were comfortable in their system, that performed well in their system, that led the NFL and red zone defense in this system, then I think it's a bigger risk. But you're going to be turning over at multiple positions on the defensive side of the football. So, you know, th- those players that are coming in are going to have to learn a new system anyways, whether it was Bowens or whether it's Wilson. So I think that if you're going to hire a first-time defensive coordinator, do it in an off season in which the roster will experience significant change, which I think everyone expects here in Tennessee.
1: Yeah. I went into a couple comments because there are some good ones that are, um, uh, against me. Some of them, uh, some super chats as well. So we get to some comments NB just made a good comment and David has a comment I wanted to get to as well. But first I want to tell everybody about our friends at farm bureau health plans, FBHP.com slash ATOZ. That is where you should go to get, started with farm your health plans they can help you out regardless of your situation whether you're a family man family woman you're out there and you're trying to figure out how to have the best health coverage for your family farm your health plans can do that for you maybe you're trying to grow the family Uh, maybe your family's left the house and you and your spouse are empty nesters and you need that next level of coverage farm your health plans specializes in that for sure Maybe you're out there on your own. Maybe you're an entrepreneur, you're single, self-employed, independent contractor, and you don't want to go to the government marketplace to find health coverage because that's going to charge you out the you-know-what. Well, Farm Your Health Plans can help set you up in Tennessee to have great health coverage to fit whatever your situation may be. They've served Tennesseans for 76 years. That's a long time. They've adapted to the times adapted to how society has grown and can do that with you and your family your situation and they're committed to helping out their communities across the state whether it's youth sports pro sports college sports with the relationships that Farm to Your Health Plans has so check them out online at fbhp.com/atoz
2: speaking of commitment BetMGM gm is committed to helping new users have a great experience when dipping their toes in the sports betting realm BetMGM.com is the place to go. They're called the king of sportsbooks for a reason, people. Use our bonus code that you see on your screen right now, A to Z Sports, and you'll get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. The big game's coming up. The NHL All-Star game's coming up. College basketball is going crazy right now. You don't want to miss out. So if you're putting some money down, do it with BetMGM. They're going to give you the best opportunity to win. It's easy to navigate. Parlay boosts all the time over there and great promotions like this first bet offer. Bonus code A to Z sports gets you up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If your first bet misses, guys, take advantage of this.
1: Thanks, Santa. BetMGM and Since reminding you to play responsibly. Visit BetMGM for for Terms and issues. 21 or older, Tennessee only, new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualifications and requirements. First online room, money, wager only. Wards, issues, non-double, bonus bets, bonus bets, surprise, 7 days. So if you're following you sport call Tennessee Redline, 800-889-9789. All right, Santa. So, got some questions from or comments from the chat that I I found interesting. Uh first um you know, Jonathan says the Ravens ran a 3-4 defense. Jack, do you know that for sure because I feel like the Ravens have been a 4-3 defense for a long time under John Harbaugh. Did they make a change to their defensive front over the last couple of years because if they have, then that's just been something that I've overlooked, but I, I, I feel like when I'm listening to Nard Robinson talk about Greg Williams, 4-3. He talks about Todd Bowles, 4-3. The Eagles absolutely are, have been a 4-3 defense for a long time. Uh, the Jets, 4-3 under Todd Bowles. Uh, and then definitely, the I thought the Ravens were a 4-3 because they had been under Harbaugh, but maybe I'm wrong on that one.
2: You know, uh, they mixed it up a lot. I'm not totally sure if they were strictly committed to one of the two. But, I do know that they played a lot of zone defense under Mike McDonald, which Sean Murphy Bunting excels in. So if you're gonna bring that philosophy to Nashville, you've got a guy who just played here who you know can perform in that certain sec- you know in that certain look on defense. So uh, while I don't know whether they were three, four or four, three diehards, I do know that on the back end, they ran a lot of zone defense.
1: And and obviously people are saying, oh, hybrid, a versatility, oh, multiplicity front, like all all that. Yes, yes. Like this is not Madden. Like you don't have to just do a 4-3 or 3-4. Obviously, yes, hybrid works, but there is a difference. Like Judavian Clowney had one of his best seasons in the NFL with the Ravens this past year. Judavian Clowney is a player who could be a both a down on the line end or a stand up outside linebacker edge player. Arden Key is not, that. Neither is Harold Landry. They are both stand up really uh, edge defenders that are not the heavy run defense type of guy. So that's something I wanted to bring up. It's just something to pay attention to. And, uh, and definitely uh uh Brian Callahan said, he's not going to, you know, come out and just say, yeah, they're going to be three, or four, four-three. that he's going to kind of see what the, what the um, situation comes in with. Um, So I I do think this is a risky hire. I'm at a six and a half out of 10 as far as risk goes. MB says, guys, just because it's risky, doesn't make it a bad hire. That's a good point. I am totally uh, understanding of that. I don't dislike Bernard Wilson. I think it's a risk for this particular job. And then Roger followed up and said, did Austin think Arthur Smith was a bigger risk than this hire? Oh, yeah. Jack, well, I don't yeah, know. When you, I, I was loud, loud about, man, you're going to bring in a first time play caller with Arthur Smith. Because remember that situation. Tennessee Titans were going into year two under Mike Vrabel. They missed the playoffs. They were going into 2019. That was Marcus Mariota's fifth year option year where they were paying him $23 million. And they brought, they elevated Arthur Smith. And I said, whoa. That is a big risk of a guy who's never done it before in a year where you have to figure out if this quarterback can work because you're paying him $23 million. I did call it a massive risk. I didn't like it. I thought it was kind of weak. I, I didn't think it was a good hire for Marcus Mariota. Now, the results that played out, was I wrong? Yeah, Marcus Mariota wasn't good enough regardless of who was calling plays for him. Arthur Smith, it took him two months to get into a groove as a play caller, but he figured it out, and he was pretty damn good for the second half of that season and all of 2020 and got a head coaching job. So, yes, I did think this was I, – I, Arthur Smith was a bigger risk than this hire because the expectations when the Titans promoted Arthur Smith were to make the playoffs. The expectations in 2024 are not that same level.
2: And that's a good point. I think that the one of the reasons why Arthur Smith was a bigger risk is because of how good that defense was. You know, they were that was when they were elite. They, they were one of the best run defense, run defenses, if not the best run defense in the NFL at the time. So when you have it all figured out on one side of the ball, and you take a big risk like that with a first time play caller on the other, you've got more to lose because you're a much better team. You just need him to you know to be slightly above average, and and you really got something. And he was you know obviously leaps and bounds above that. But, you know, Wilson coming in has much less to lose because the offense hasn't figured it out. So it's not like, you know, you're going to hold the team back if your defense isn't top-notch immediately, which Mm -hmm. I think we all agree the Titans have a lot of room to grow and it may take a little while. But um, I I do like the hire. I do understand the risk as my beard strap continues to fall off my ear and knock my (laughs) AirPod out. But, um, yeah, so that's just how I feel about it.
1: All right, so I did want to get to NB says, uh, Austin, I was agreeing with you. The guys is referring to was someone in the chat who gave it a seven risk. I was at a six and a half risk. So I, I do think it's a fairly high risk. Patrick says, what I liked about Denard Wilson hire is that if you look at the secondary he's coached, they have been in the tops and you also have a player like Darius Slay saying he wanted Philly to keep Wilson for their DC. To me, that speaks loud for Wilson. Patrick, bravo. Absolutely. And I had the same feeling. If the Philadelphia Eagles promoted Denard Wilson to DC after Jonathan Gannon left last off season, would they have been as big as a, of a disaster defensively this year? I don't know. It's something we'll never find out, but Darius Slay was one of the dogs of that defense who battled injury. And they had a lot of reasons why they weren't very good on defense. Uh, but you know, maybe Matt Patricia had something to do with it. Maybe not having Denard Wilson, the secondary coach had something to do with it. So I agree with that uh, quite a bit. And then you look at what, Look at this Ravens defensive secondary last year. Kyle Hamilton is an absolute stud, and he arrived on the national scene this year for the Baltimore Ravens as being one of the best secondary players in all of the sport. But he didn't lead the Ravens in picks. Jack, do you know who led the Ravens in interceptions this year?
2: I'm so glad we're going down this road. I was literally about to bring him up. Geno Stone, who had one interception in his first three seasons in Baltimore, but right when Denard Wilson took over, he picks off quarterback seven times this season. (laughs) And guess what, Titans fans? He's a free agent. So maybe he follows Denard Wilson over here. I don't know, but you can definitely tie him to the new regime in Tennessee, which is at the very least, you know, somewhat exciting if you're a Titans fan and, and you're uh, looking for a strong safety.
1: All right. So you're looking for a safety. The Titans absolutely need a safety. Gino Stone, 24 years old. Do you know where he went to school, Jack? I
2: don't I don't know that.
1: Who is the only safety you currently believe in that's on the Titans roster? Amani Hooker. Where did Amani Hooker go to college?
2: Why am I blinking you, on this? Do
1: you remember this? They're known for tight ends and defensive backs.
2: I was, okay. Iowa,
1: Iowa, Iowa. Geno Stone, Iowa. Amani Hooker, Iowa. Amani Hooker, twenty-five years old. Geno Stone, twenty-four years old. Former college teammates in the secondary. As a free agent, like I don't know what Geno Stone's gonna make or or yield in free agency, but maybe that's a pipe dream of of a connection there. But you know, I, there's a lot of reasons why Geno Stone, as a, if he hits the free agent market could look at the Tennessee Titans and say, I could fit there. And so um, you also look at what the Ravens have. Patrick Queen, who was an absolute beast, absolute beast for Baltimore this past season. He is also a pending free agent. He's going to get a bunch of money and way more money than what Geno Stone's going to get. So the Ravens might not be able to, to add or bring back all of those because the Ravens free agent list is long. And so yes. they're going to have some guys leave. And so maybe there's an opportunity just like we've talked about with uh, Brian Callahan, maybe bringing over some Cincinnati Bengals free agents. Maybe uh, Denard Wilson can bring over some Ravens free agents because I think the biggest problem with the Tennessee Titans defense was lack of depth because whenever injuries occurred, you had nothing behind it. Like if the Titans defense could stay healthy, I feel pretty damn good about the top 14 players on that defense After that, no bueno, you know? And so you got to be able to get those depths, uh, those depth players. And I think you can maybe do that and have some familiarity with these guys coming over. So um, I wanted to get to another uh, super chat. Real quick before
2: you do. Yeah. I I wanted to mention, I think it's worth mentioning that Gino stones market value um, is $7 million per year, according to Spotrack. So definitely affordable, even after a seven interception season.
1: Okay. I like that. That's, that's pretty good. Um, super chats. Um, icing that is overlooked from Andre. When Wilson succeeds and becomes a head coach, you get a comp- compensatory pick for grooming a minority coach. All of the 49ers win-win. Yes, that is something that absolutely could happen. Um, I don't think that's, you know, like like Andre's saying, it's icing that's overlooked. It's not the main deal, but sure. yes, it is a uh, an added benefit when things go well like that. Is that a Uh, third-round pick
2: if he becomes uh, a head coach? I don't know. I want to say it's a third-round pick, but I'm not positive. Maybe someone in the chat will find that out.
1: I think you're right. I think a a general manager or head coach minority hire results in a third-round compensatory pick. That sounds correct. That sounds Mm -hmm. correct. And hopefully Um, he does get
2: a head coaching job because that means he'll have knocked this one out of the park.
1: Yeah, guess what? Then the offense is still fine. It's it's fine. Mm Mm-hmm. Or nope, he doesn't get over. a head coaching job because D coordinators aren't getting head coaching jobs and you keep him for a while. And he's really good. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Uh, the way NFL is working. brings up Titans are building for 2025. We've seen that in the coaching hires and we'll see that in free agency and draft next year. The pieces and experience will be there. Uh, look, that's a very mature way to look at this Morgan Cram. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. All right, Jack, I am so fascinated in the following conversation and this question we're about to ask uh, why am i super excited about it i think i've made a phenomenal graphic for this so here's the question that we are going to ask next mike Vrabel's assistants are getting new jobs but Vrabel isn't is that something or nothing because here we are with mike Vrabel as of today no job but as of last night Terrell Williams gets the run game coordinator and D-line coach position with the Lions. The Jets hired Tony Dews as a running backs coach. The Bears are hiring Jason Hotelling as the assistant O-line coach. And Rob Moore is the Panthers' new wide receiver coach. So Mike Vrabel not getting a job, but his assistants are. Is that something or is that nothing? But first, the Bone and Joint Institute is where you should go for all of your injury needs whenever the injuries pop up in life. You got to make sure uh, that you know where you can go and who you can trust. And the Bone and Joint Institute in Franklin has all of the experts and the resources under one roof to get you back on uh, the playing field of life. Don't let that injury linger. Go get it checked out. Hopefully they can help you out, whether it's at-home therapy, physical therapy, and rehab at their facility, or surgery if it's the worst-case scenario, boneandjointtn.org.
2: BetMGM.com is your place to go if you're looking to get into sports betting. Bonus code A to Z Sports gets you up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. So you don't have to worry about starting out on a bad note. BetMGM is going to give you a mulligan. They're going to help you get in the green. You're not going to miss two in a row. Sign up with BetMGM. Use our bonus code A to Z Sports to take advantage of this awesome offer.
1: All right. So, Jack, something or nothing that Mike Vrabel's assistants are getting new jobs, but Vrabel isn't. So I'll throw it up there again. This is in the last couple weeks. Four Titans assistants, at the very least, um, have gotten new jobs. Jets and Tony Dews, uh, Terrell Williams going to the Lions, Jason Hotelling is going to the Bears, and Rob Moore is going to the Carolina Panthers. So something or nothing here. Uh, What's the chat saying on this one?
2: Yeah. Mixed reviews from the chat, but we're going to start on YouTube with Dylan Cole, who's who believes it's nothing. Darren agrees with him. Eric, however, says it's definitely something. Um, Something says Steven. It's a new era. Nothing less head coaching positions are available. Um, Something says Curtis. He's a meathead and those aren't popular right now. Nothing from (laughs) Lou man. He's waiting for Pittsburgh, which is interesting because Tomlin hasn't won a playoff game in quite a while. He's got one year left on his deal, so Lou, man, you know what? You might be onto something. Uh, although I believe that Vrabel did want to get back in it this coaching cycle. That's why he took the interview in Los Angeles. Didn't get it. Brandon Dozier says huge something on YouTube. Billy Jones agrees. So does Samuel. Capital Beanie says it's also something. Could be something from Peyton. Um, IR says nothing. His feelings are hurt. Something says Jaren. Word travels fast. The word, uh, the word is out on Vrabel according to Jaren. Um, let's see, continuing to go. Scott Weaver says it's something. Uh, Demetrius says Vrabel's down bad. Deborah says nothing. Brad says something. Styling says it's definitely something. Chris Vante says it's nothing. Uh, top Tier says it's something. Austin, I believe that it's nothing. Because at nothing. the end of the day, at the end of the day, Mike Vrabel's going to get another head coaching job. It didn't come this cycle. That's fine. I do think that maybe Vrabel needs to kind of take a look in the mirror and realize that, hey, you know, not too many owners and general managers are looking for a guy who has complete control over the roster like he wanted here in Tennessee. And you know what? Maybe there is something. Maybe the Lord did get out on Vrabel and maybe that scared teams away from him. But for the most part, this off season, you know, and you just mentioned it about, you know, the possibility of Denard Wilson leaving to become a head coach. Not many teams are looking for a defensive-minded head coach. And sure, Vrabel's got a proven track record but the way things went down in Tennessee towards the end and the fact that he's a defensive-minded head coach I think is just naturally scary to some teams who are looking to start over and get better and you know get younger at the quarterback position to start a new era. I think that Vrabel fits best with an established quarterback. That's why I think the Chargers job would have been good for Vrabel. And there, oh, there weren't many of those jobs open this offseason. For the most part, the head coaching positions that were vacant All were looking to either start over at a head coach with a young quarterback already there or they're looking to draft one. And to be quite honest, I don't think that's a position that Vrabel would do well in. I think he needs somebody who can handle it on offense, a quarterback he can trust that's been there, done that for a few years in this league. And I think he'll find another job. It could be in Dallas. McCarthy's on his last year. It could be in Philadelphia. Sirianni had to make another change at both coordinators, although last year two of them were hired away to be head coaches this past season just didn't go well. Mm -hmm. And then Pittsburgh, I think it's an intriguing situation. Those three jobs all make a ton of sense for Vrabel. So while he's out and these assistants are getting jobs, you know, this just, this happens naturally in the NFL all the time. Head coach gets canned, the assistants move on, find jobs elsewhere, NFL college, whatever. Vrabel's going to get another job eventually. So that's why I believe it's nothing.
1: Uh, Yeah. I think it's something because, you know, they said, you know, the whole like generic, they, they said, if the Titans move on from Mike Vrabel, he gets a job in a minute, right? Mm-hmm. In a snap of a finger, John, uh, you know, Mike Vrabel gets a new job. He's the next day, the first day after they let him go, Mike Vrabel is going to find a new job. Nope, hadn't happened yet. And somebody just asked, well, the Commanders, they haven't hired uh, a new coach yet, have they? No, they haven't. And they're not going to hire Mike Vrabel. You know why? Because Adam Peters is the new GM. Where did Adam Peters come? San Francisco, who did Adam Peters work with, uh, in the 2022 season, ran Carthon, you know, who's not going to hire Mike <laughs> Grable, somebody who ran Carthon knows very well. That is who's not going to hire Mike Grable. So you look at Seattle. Nope. Didn't get that one. They go with a, the youngest head coach in the NFL in Mike McDonald, they go from like this, the oldest in Pete Carroll, maybe tied with Belichick to the youngest half the age, damn it. Like Pete Carroll's 72 years old. And now, Mike McDonald's 36 years old. That's crazy. Mike Vrabel is basically a guy who's done it before, like Mike McDonald, but they skip out on him too. And Atlanta Falcons, nope, they go with Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris over Mike Vrabel with the Atlanta Falcons. Mike Vrabel's not getting a job for the same reason that Bill Belichick's not getting a job because nobody wants to work with that right now. Like, I think Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick need to kind of step back a second, then look back in the mirror and say, maybe it's me. (laughs) Maybe it's, maybe it is me. And, And how
2: about that? You know, you know, everyone thought that Vrabel was the hottest commodity in general when the Titans let him go. He's not even top two defensive minded head coaching options on the market with Raheem Morris and Mike McDonald getting jobs before him.
1: Yes. And so I, I do think it's something. Will Mike Vrabel get another job, head coaching job in the NFL? Yeah, I, I think so. I think he will. But it, we were told that he would be hired immediately if the Titans fire Mike Vrabel. Oh, my gosh. It would be immediately. Uh, Devin says, I wouldn't be shocked if he went back to college if he wants all that control. There is no way in hell that Mike Vrabel will go coach in college. I, I, there's, mm-hmm. And uh, Edward says, uh, Mike should just take a linebacker coach job somewhere. I also think there's no way in hell that Mike Vrabel takes a job other than a head coach. Does Mike Vrabel, who wanted the control, seem like a guy who's going to go be a position coach or a coordinator? Absolutely not. Hell I mean, no. Mike, Mike Vrabel was a coordinator for one year. And, and then he, he didn't do well.
2: Yes. He didn't even do well as a coordinator in Houston. Houston had one of the worst defenses in the NFL, and the Titans hired him as a head coach. Yeah. So I totally agree with
1: that. Devin says never say never, Austin. Now, I'm saying never on this. Mike Vrabel will never go back to college football. Why would you? The it's co- a mess. And, and Trey brings it up, uh, and he says the way college football is changing to become more like the NFL makes me think Vrabel wouldn't go wouldn't go to the highest bidder. But look at college football. College football is a miserable life right now for a lot of these coaches. Because you have to recruit the players. And then when they sign, you have to continue to recruit them so they don't leave in the transfer portal whenever they don't get what they want. That's not something that Mike Vrabel or really anybody who's been living the NFL life would want. I think if you have the NFL life as a coach and you go to college, you're like, God, this sucks. Because in the NFL, there's rules about when the players are, and are not supposed to be in the building. Like you are nonstop working in the NFL as a coach, but you're working on tape, on game planning, on scheming, on getting better as a coach, not on massaging relationships with guys or kids between the ages of 16 and 22. That's what a college coach's job is. Massaging a relationship with young men, 16 to 22 years old. No, thank you.
2: And there was a report out of the senior bowl that said, you know, a college coach can't, I forget the reporter who reported it, but they said college coaches are looking to get the hell out of there and get to the NFL because life in college is so miserable right now because college football is so broken at this point. So yeah, I, I totally, I would, I don't see Vrabel ever taking the Ohio state job, but you know, he, he's going to get another turn somewhere. And while he may not be willing to settle for a defensive coordinator role. Now, if he falls flat on his face at his next gig, he might not have another choice.
1: Now, rarely do you get three opportunities in the NFL. Mike uh, Malarkey is the rare one. Uh, he got three head coaching opportunities. There's some others in there. Um, so I, I do think uh, something something interesting. David asked, had this comment earlier in the show. Why is Bowen still unemployed? Do you think that Vrabel and or Schwartz were running the show? I liked Bowen and thought he did a solid job uh, with what he had to work with in the secondary. Shane Bowen is technically still employed by the Tennessee Titans. So he is not unemployed. The Titans have yet to officially announce the Denard Wilson hire. And so it was reported that the Titans were going to hold on to Shane Bowen until they figured out the coordinator uh you know decision here. So Shane Bowen's still employed by the Titans until we hear otherwise.
2: Yeah, and I'd look up to the New York Giants who Shane Bowen has already interviewed with as a possible fit up there because the Giants didn't get their guy. Their guy appeared to be Denard Wilson, who was on schedule to go back for a second interview Who already had a second interview up there. They missed out on him. They may have to settle for Shane Bowen, which isn't a bad place to be. Um, you know, we've spoken highly of Shane Bowen on this show already. Not a bad place to be, but it didn't seem like he was going to be their guy. Maybe that's who they go with now.
1: Yeah, uh, maybe Richie just woke up this morning. He says if they fire Terrell Williams, that's shady as AF. Uh, well, they did not fire Terrell Williams. Terrell Williams, uh, and, and I'll and I'll bring up. Uh, I didn't mean to click on that that comment. Hold on a second. I gotta get Stephen King's comment out here. Uh, but if I bring up my glorious graphic again, Diana Rossini's tweet. This was last night, right after the Titans hired Denard Wilson reportedly. Uh, At the Senior Bowl, head coach of the American squad, Terrell Williams, will leave the Titans to accept the run game coordinator and D-line coach position with the Detroit Lions. Dan Campbell gets his guy out of Nashville. So, you know, Terrell Williams was not fired. Terrell Williams was retained up until he got a new job. And I think what it sounds like, reading the tea leaves and connecting the dots, Titans make a coordinator decision. Minutes later, Terrell Williams goes to Detroit. Terrell Williams, maybe was holding out for the DC job with the Titans uh, if that were to present itself, which it obviously did not.
2: And it's a great job for Terrell Williams because Aaron Glenn's name has been so hot this cycle. Maybe he takes a job with the commanders and there's more opportunity for Terrell Williams to move up and eventually become a defensive coordinator in Detroit. So good for Terrell Williams for landing in a nice gig.
1: Uh, and then several people just asked did the Titans get a compensatory pick for Terrell Williams. I, do, I don't think so because he is not a defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He is a run game coordinator, and position coach. So I do not think that uh, qualifies for a compensatory pick. I could be wrong, but I I don't think that's how that works. Jack, you could probably back me up on that too, right?
2: Yeah, no, to my understanding, I believe it has to be either a coordinator, a head coach, or a general manager. So I I think I'm with you there.
1: Yep. All right. Uh, Are you ready, Mr. Santa?
2: Let's do this.
1: Shout out Wilson County Hyundai. Go see them to make them a part of your new car buying process in Lebanon or online at wilsoncountyhyundai.com for the magic bucket, Jack. Uh, how has your Santa experience been with your Dumbledore beer?
2: Not bad. Early go, and I thought it'd be a really long show because the beard kept slipping, and it did. It knocked out both AirPods at different times. Um, <laughs> but, you know, taking sips of water and getting a lot of this. Uh, fake hair in my mouth hasn't been great, but it's not, it's not bad. Blue I, I, uh, man. Or no, who is this? Uh, Justin says, get in the spirit. I'm in the Christmas spirit in February right now. Austin, I'm feeling pretty good. Santa yeah, wasn't uh, bad.
1: Dylan asked Austin, did you ever wear an eye patch? Uh, no, I did not want to do eye patch on the same show as Santa. So the eye patch will be tomorrow.
2: All right. We're looking forward to that one.
1: Yes. Uh, and also I, I finally shaved and got a haircut yesterday. It was big day for me uh yesterday to get all that crap off my face all right i literally just pulled the eye patch one so that doesn't count this is for me here all right i i did the dinner one man this is isn't it crazy we have like 35 things in the bucket but i just pulled the last two that i've had and like i'm i'm shuffling this pretty well as you can see okay Ah, give a tutorial on how to tie a tie. Hmm. I have not done that on the show.
2: I drew that, but never completed it because, you know, I you never don't you know completed? how to tie a tie.
1: You don't know how to tie a tie still?
2: Yes. Yeah, so, so this could be learning. This could be a learning experience for me.
1: Okay. All right. Then I will, uh, that will be mine. So I will give a tutorial on how to tie a tie. Um. Yeah. All right. Cool. Devin says, Lame. You guys can submit magic bucket things. Now, we have the ability to veto them or not. Uh, We're not going to eat anything ridiculous. um, Or, you know, there's certain limitations to our space and what we can do. Ooh, this is good. I don't think you've done this, Jack. But this is a fun one. And this is something that we can all get behind. So I'm going to have to pull up a list. I'm not going to tell you what list I'm pulling. Because I don't want you to start thinking.
2: And, right. and the chat has a good point. Dylan Cole says, Austin, teach it, how, teach how to tie a tie and Jack, try it with him. I think that's a good exercise. We're going to do that. Just
1: Like a mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Austin bond says, get a to Z tatted on your shoulder. Yeah. That's never anything we're going to do. Um, yeah. Right.
2: <laughs> if we're going to get a it tat, it's going to be on our foreheads. We're going to wear that thing proud.
1: Or you can do it under your, you can do like a chin tat, Jack. Cause you've got that Santa beard. Now
2: me, me and Mitch Ferkins can get matching a to Z tats.
1: There you go. Uh, I wonder how much it would take us to convince Mitch Ferkins to get an A to Z tat.
2: Um, I feel like pull that off. not, not a lot of convincing. He's actually texted me. We do have each other's phone numbers. Um, and he brought up the idea of getting mine and yours, uh, signatures tattooed on him. me. So yeah, you're involved in this. Yeah. I'll actually oh. send you the screenshot after.
1: Okay. Maybe we can get Mitch to get an A to Z tattoo. That would be amazing. All right. So Jack, I have my stopwatch out. I'm going to give you 45 seconds, 45 seconds. I'm going to say the topic twice. After the second time I say it, you can start your list and I will start on your first name. That you say, Jack in 45 seconds, Name as many Heisman Trophy winners as you can since the year 2000. Name as many Heisman Trophy winners as you can since the year 2000. You have 45 seconds on your first start.
2: Okay. Let's see. Where do I want to start here? All right. Come on. I think I'm ready. Caleb Williams, Reggie Bush. Vince Young, Johnny Manziel, uh Kyler Murray, um, Baker Mayfield. Uh let's see. Continuing to go here in my brain, where are we gonna go with this? Did Matt Leinert win one? We're gonna go Matt Leinert. Um, oh gosh.
1: Matt Leinert,
2: Jaden da- J- Daniels. Um, mm, who else, who else, who else, who else, who else? Uh, oh gosh, chat. Let's go. Jameis Winston. No, you- Jameis Winston, um, Derek Henry. Who else is in the Heisman House commercials? Uh, oh, gosh. oh, gosh. Mark, did Mark Ingram
1: You did not get Mark Ingram in. Mark, Mark... Ingram would have been
2: Oh, God. Did I get you all of those nine. right, though?
1: You okay, got nine. nine correct.
2: Did Leinart not win one?
1: liner did win one Vince young did not
2: okay that's right I was wondering I know he came close
1: yes man uh this goes back in the bucket because it's fun um
2: and I, I left a lot of meat on the bone for the next oh person, my
1: gosh please. so much
2: God I don't I, know why I, I blinked so hard from like 2005
1: to 2015.
2: Man, wow. I uh yeah there's'm I, ex-
1: I expected more.
2: I know that was a bad effort. I'll be the first two. You admit
1: didn't it. even get there's there were you got half of the titans that were available.
2: I know. I look it, it became th- I, I don't think I had the right thought process there. I I brought uh, you know my brain went to the Heisman house commercials and then that threw everything off because none of those guys won it in 2000 uh, Eddie George and Charles Woodson. So yeah, bad effort. I'll admit it. Nine guys, not good enough. I'll be better next time, but. What can I do? I've just got to get back in the lab.
1: Yeah, uh, it's Mr. Jones <laughs> says that that toboggan or beard cutting must be on too tight. <laughs> it's
2: cutting off circulation to my brain. You're exactly right, Mr. Jones. <laughs>
1: All right, that'll do it for us. If you missed Sam's report from Titans at 2 yesterday in Mobile, Alabama, go check that out on our YouTube channel uh, right there in the same channel that we're watching on right here. Uh, make sure you hit that like button for sure before you head out of here. At one point, we had like 300 people watching on YouTube that had not liked the show. Uh, We're doing better on Facebook. You guys are, are getting better at it. But please hit that like button if you haven't yet. It's no sweat off your back. It helps us out quite a bit. So please hit that like button before you go. Buck Rising Live tonight for A to Z Sports Primetime. And we'll see you tomorrow on a Friday morning. Appreciate
0: it as always. Tighten up pod out now.